MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Avari here at the VSIN studio with Aaron Rinning and Wes Reynolds talking all things NBA right now. We were just talking about how a South Point better uh, just put a big amount of money down on the Nets to win the entire NBA championship at 2-1. to one. If we take a look at these championship odds, though, we see the Nets plus 170, these odds from DraftKings, Jazz plus 320, Bucks plus 550, Suns 6-1, 76ers 10-1, to one. Clippers at 11-1, to one. Nuggets 18 to one the Hawks and the Mavs 33 to one anything on this board that you would like I mean for me um, I I think the Jazz Mm -hmm. uh, to me they should I don't know about favored but Mm -hmm. uh, I like that team to come out of the West and we'll know a little bit further as far as tonight if the Clippers uh, get knocked off then certainly the Utah uh, would expect to be a pretty heavy favorite Mm -hmm. uh, to come out of the West um, I'm like I said, I'm anti uh, the Nets. I'll be probably betting against them each and every series. We don't know what the Sixers team, uh, perhaps the easier road, but with uh, Embiid. So it, it's with the Lakers being eliminated, we'll maybe know more uh, later tonight, but it is becoming a little bit more wide open. I, I still for uh, hard for me to buy the Nets uh, should be an easy favorite here to uh, win the title. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm not buying Brooklyn, I don't think. I mean, the two-to-one was a good price that the guy made that we talked about earlier. Compared to the market, at least you're getting the best of the number from that standpoint. But 
this team does have a lot of flaws, and you just wonder, and I know uh, uh, Matt Humans and I on this show several times over the last few weeks have kind of talked about, you know, it's a little bit eerie. Maybe the Nets could kind of be like the Clippers were last year when mm-hmm. they finally got Kawhi and Paul George together and the expectations were high. And they just didn't play enough games together Mm -hmm. because you know that they have the load management for both these guys, especially Kawhi Leonard. And we don't have really a huge sample size of data. That's why the Nets, I think, are very tough to handicap and really necessarily buy as such a convincing favorite. Because how many games did the big three play together during the regular season? What, like seven or eight eight games? games. 200 minutes uh, together, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, even though they've now been together for this series against the Celtics, but like ER said, the Celtics. Celtics very shorthanded. They were one mm-hmm. of the worst teams in the playoffs and mm-hmm. obviously have now made a change at the top of their organization. So it's tough to really read too much in that net series over the Celtics where the Celtics got one game because we thought, okay, Jason Tatum is going to get 50 plus at least one of these games. And he did. And that was the one game they won. But I'm with the R. I think the Jazz probably are the most known commodity mm-hmm. in the West right now. This is a team that's gradually been building up. They used to be such a defensive-oriented team under Quinn Snyder. Well, now you got guys that make shots. You have Conley, where Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to handle the ball all the time. You have Bogdanovich. You have Angles. You Lots have guys. Yeah, these guys absolutely can now win with offense, and that was kind of their bugaboo a few years ago. They would always be right there, and then the final four minutes, they couldn't score. Right. Well, now they can do that. So the Jazz, I think, are the most known quantity. I guess in the East, the team I kind of like right now, since I like them in the series, are the Milwaukee Bucks. I do have a Sixers 5-1 to one to win the East. I know you have a similar ticket, Danielle. Not quite so, as good as yours, yeah. So we're, we're, we we got to see where Joel Embiid is going to be. Right. It seems like, like what Kenny says, that it's an injury that, you know, they can do maybe a quicker surgery. But, he, but knee injuries are really tricky because all of a sudden a day-to-day can become okay you're out two weeks right and and that's what you're concerned about with them so well with two two teams you guys have not talked about here right are the ones playing tonight the Clippers and the Mavs Aaron you kind of talked about this a little bit Uh, if we look at the props for tonight the most bet on props for tonight for uh, bet MGM at least Luka Doncic to record a triple double a huge stats from him in game five Mavericks to win by one to five points and Kawhi Leonard to record a double double when you look at this game is there any players you would look at for props I I would look at Kawhi here Uh, bad game down game for him last time Clippers Mm -hmm. score 100 points as I always say, uh, it, it, to me, it's somewhat simple. It's a superstar league. You expect these guys to bounce back. Kawhi Leonard, uh, one of the top five players in the NBA, certainly a two-way player. But mm-hmm. uh, offensively, I would certainly look for him to carry the load tonight. Yeah, I would agree on the points. If you're going maybe a little bit off the radar for a player that's not one of the star players, which I sometimes like to do with these props, maybe Nick Batum, who Hmm. now is in the starting lineup after they remove Beverly and remove Zubac. Uh, This is a guy that could be a stat sheet stuffer, very experienced in the playoffs, points, rebounds. I would look for Batum on the overs there. Well, we'll talk about props later on in the show as well. There is a Nick Batum one coming up. That and more right here on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. We're back for the second hour of My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Avari on the desk with Wes Reynolds and Aaron Ritting. And now we're bringing in our guest for the hour, NBA writer from Bleacher Report, Andy Bailey. Andy, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, so Andy, you wrote an article a couple days ago talking about the different playoff matchups. One of the things you wrote are these aren't last year's Bucks. What are the biggest changes you've seen from them, and how do you feel about their chances versus the Nets? Yeah, I, I think they're quite a bit different. Obviously, they have two of the main guys returning at the top with Giannis and, and Middleton, um, but they completely overhauled their bench. They're they're a lot younger on the bench, and I think a little bit more offensively dynamic with guys like Bobby Portis. Um, Bryn Forbes has been kind of a flamethrower for them at times off the bench. But the biggest difference, of course, is Drew Holiday. Um, the upgrade from Bledsoe to him, I underestimated it, frankly, and, and I think I put maybe too much stock in Bledsoe's regular season production the last couple of years. Um, the, the a little bit of an uptick in size helps them switch more with Holiday. He's obviously more respected at the three-point line by defenders. Um, so that that switch, I, I think more than anything, and, it, and you know, I'm not saying anything revelatory here. I think mean, I think this is pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, the bump from Bledsoe to Holiday has been huge for them. It, it it does a bunch of things for them on both ends of the floor, and I think they have a shot against the Nets. I hesitate to pick anyone against that much offensive talent. Um, that Brooklyn has, but if you were going to look at a roster and say they have guys that, that could at least reasonably be expected to slow down KD Harden and Kyrie, it, it's probably Milwaukee. Uh, Andy, I think it's, uh, I'm a big fan of this uh, Bucks team. I think they have a shot to, to beat the Nets as well. And Holiday, uh, I think he is a difference maker. You need those type of players in the playoffs. My concern and question to you would be, um, as far as clutch scoring, the last two minutes, five minutes of games in this series, can we see the Bucks? I think it's obviously has to be a little bit more defensively, but can they get the the clutch baskets here in the at the end of games to uh, to beat the Nets? I think that's still a very legitimate concern with them. Um, you know, obviously we've seen the last couple postseasons, teams have basically asked Giannis to be that guy, um, and his inability to hit jumpers. Uh, at key moments has, has kind of doomed them. Uh, I'll go back to the holiday edition though. He's a guy who can get his own shot, um, who can make big shots off the dribble. That's big. And I think Chris Middleton's a little underrated in this regard too. I think if you have two of those guys spacing off of Giannis's drives, um, there's a little bit better chance for them to, to overcome that hurdle that they've faced the last two postseasons. Um, there will still be teams that may be Brooklyn next series it may be somebody beyond that we're going to try to force Giannis to be that guy and he may have to have some some moments where he is um but just having one extra person in holiday who can who can potentially be that i think makes a big difference and you talk about drew holiday who actually got the joe dumars trophy for the nba sportsmanship award today as well so obviously a teammate that people like and people want to play against as well uh you also in your article you posed this question can anyone slow down joel Embiid? maybe injury can how are you feeling about his status yeah um you you probably answered it right (laughs) there um you know if if it was going to be a sixers nets eastern conference finals and Embiid was fully healthy i think the answer to that question was probably going to be nobody Mm -hmm. um 
you know, they could play KD at the five and just try and run and beat off the floor, but they'd obviously have a hard time stopping him on the other end. Um, Brooklyn, beyond KD, I mean, DeAndre Jordan has barely played in the postseason. Nick Claxton, I think, is too small. Um, Blake Griffin's probably too small, too. He, he might actually be the answer because at least he could bang with him in the post. Um, but if, you know, obviously the meniscus tear is not ideal. Um, you know, I, I just saw something today that said that he may be ready for game one. But anytime I read slight tear of really anything in the knee, I'm concerned. And especially for Joel Embiid, if they push him back too quick uh, and, he, and he damages something else in that knee or somewhere else in his body, um, that's a huge problem for, for Philadelphia. He's obviously the center of their universe on both ends of the floor. Uh, if they don't have him, it's it's just sort of a two-team race in the East between Brooklyn and Milwaukee. So, Andy, we move over to the West here, and the one series that is now set is going to be Denver against Phoenix, three against two. Even though both those teams were underdogs in the series prices, they do advance. So we're going to get that series. And one of the observations in terms of your early takeaways column, which you can cop at BleacherReport.com, is that Nikola Jokic needs some help. He got it last night, finally, from Michael Porter Jr. MPJ, late in the regular season, was able to make up for that loss of Jamal Murray. And then he got off to a slow start in that series against Portland 26 points though for MPJ a lot of that damage obviously done in the first half when you look at Denver and Phoenix here we kind of saw that Jokic I wouldn't say stopped but at least held at bay when Nurkic could have stayed on the floor for the Portland Trailblazers and didn't get into foul trouble do you think DeAndre Ayton is up to that task though here in this one I think he's a little bit more outmatched than Nurkic was um there's there's a pretty decent history between Nurkic and Jokic. They've had good battles for years. They were teammates there for a little bit. And I actually think Nurkic probably plays him better than most centers. Um, now, having said that, DeAndre Ayton has looked significantly better on the defensive end this season. And he was playing his rear off in that first round series against the Lakers, of course. Um, and he's got an athletic advantage over Jokic, um, obviously. But there's, there's a pretty significant experience gap there. Um, and Jokic makes up for that lack of explosiveness that he has vertically and, and laterally with a, a craftiness that I haven't really seen in my entire time covering the NBA. And the only thing I've ever really been able to compare it to is Larry Bird highlights. Um, the head fakes, the shoulder fakes, the over-the-shoulder passes, all that kind of stuff. He has so many tricks that he can go to. And against a young defender like Aiton, I, I think he's going to have his way. Um now I just I would I would go back to the same point I or the same concern I had with Denver in the last round against Phoenix, and I'm just still worried that maybe Jokic doesn't have enough help. I mean Michael Porter Jr.'s star turn over the last couple months has been really impressive, um, but Portland has has a much more flawed roster than Phoenix. Without Jamal Murray, it's going to be really hard to keep pace with the scoring of Booker, the playmaking of Chris Paul, all that 3 and D uh, ability they have in Crowder, Johnson, Bridges. Um, Phoenix has such a deep roster. They've got a lot of answers for Denver. Um, and, and I think Denver has the best individual player in the series uh, pretty comfortably. But the depth really favors Phoenix in this one. So it sounds like uh, you definitely uh... – lean or at least uh, think the Suns can do it I, th I think it's interesting how they could match up with with Jokic as far as you know the pick and roll as you mentioned uh, the different matchups they can 
as you talk about, as far as the health of Chris Paul, but the backcourt here, I thought, you know, matched up against Rivers, this is going to be very tough as far as, like you say, defending Booker, et cetera. For sure. And if Chris Paul is hampered by the shoulder still, maybe that makes a little bit of an impact on the series. Um, but if you just if you just do sort of an apples to apples comparison of the guards in this series, it's not just Jamal Murray who's out um, for the Nuggets right now. They're also missing Will Barton. They're missing P.J. Dozier. Uh, you know, potentially at certain points in the season, those were their top three guards. Barton and Murray for sure were the top two. And Dozier kind of floated in and out of that role. Um, replacing them with Compazzo, who's who's feisty and his, you know, he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve too from his experience overseas. Um, I think Morris is solid. Um, Rivers has been far better than I expected him to be since they signed him. But then when you compare it to Chris Paul and Devin Booker, um, it's it's just such a huge uphill battle. But I say all that, and I I think I made pretty much the exact same points about the Blazers before that series. Um, because Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, I think, in terms of talent, obviously are ahead of, of those Nuggets guards. Um, so if they can just sort of, you know, be physical, make things diff- difficult for those guards and just sort of let Jokic do what, what Jokic does, the Nuggets certainly have a chance. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nuggets won this series. Um, but I do think the talent gap is a little bit bigger here than it was against Portland. What about tonight's game? We have uh, the Clippers and the Mavs going on tonight. Game six, obviously the Mavs lead the series three to two. Any read on this game or how you think it'll play out tonight? That's such a good question for this particular series because it's it's been so hard to read. Mm-hmm. Um, the road team winning every game of the series is obviously very unusual. I think I saw a, a graphic during the game that said the last time that happened was like 95 or something. Um just so, so difficult to get a, a pulse on what's going on there. And I, if I look at this series objectively, um, you know, bef- before it started, I thought there's a pretty big talent gap here too. Um, the Clippers are are deep. They've got those two superstar wings and Leonard and George. And you would think, you know, that's those two alone are enough to throw at Doncic to at least bother him. Um, then you add Marcus Morris to that equation to to get under his skin now and then um but obviously that hasn't happened luca has had just a phenomenal series um and maybe this is maybe this is the game where they finally figure things out at home um i think a lot could depend on whether or not Kristaps porzingis finally shows up um he's he's been mia for much of this series i think if he shows up at home they have a chance to close it out um, but as far as what read I have, it's it's completely up in the air to me because I, I've been surprised maybe by all five results so far. Andy, if you're looking, uh, obviously not knowing where to go, considering the road team has won all five meetings, but just looking forward with the Utah Jazz now waiting in the wings, who do you think presents the better matchup against the Utah Jazz, uh, be it Dallas or the Clippers? I think Utah would have a pretty easy time with Dallas. Um, I, I think that, you know, Luca has been phenomenal obviously. And he's, he's, I think comfortably a top five player in the league, if not top five, certainly top 10. But after that, the talent kind of falls off on that roster. I think the fully realized version of Porzingis is, is a top 20 to top 25 player. And so if they have that guy to go with Luca, they're really tough, but he's, he shows up maybe, you know, a couple times every other week. Um, 
So with Utah's depth, their ability to hit threes, um, the defensive anchor they have with Gobert, I think they would handle Dallas fairly comfortably. Um, the Clippers Jazz series to me is kind of a toss up. Um, two of the best three point shooting teams in the league. I think you have a little bit more star power at the top with the Clippers, obviously with, with Kawhi and PG, but maybe slight depth advantage to the jazz. And that's not always the, you know, the great thing to have in the playoffs star power usually wins the day in the postseason. Um, but that's, that's a tough call for me. If it's Dallas and Utah, I'd be fairly confident picking the jazz. Um, Utah versus the Clippers, I'd, I'd probably give a very slight edge to L.A. Uh, Andy, we had the Lakers, of course, eliminated last night. Um, so things are sorted out a, a little bit more now. Who's, uh, who's your pick here? Who's going to meet in the NBA Finals? Boy, it's so hard in the West. Um, so I'll get the other side out of the way first. I, I do think Milwaukee can challenge the Nets. But I've just I've never seen a combination of offensive talent um, like Brooklyn has, which is really saying something considering that we just saw what the Warriors did a couple years ago. Um, and I don't know if you all saw Draymond on TNT the other day. He even said a member of that Warriors dynasty said we'll never see a, an offense like this again. Um, the fact that those three guys can all create their own shot and create for others. Um, they're just so dynamic. And then sort of the forgotten fourth guy is Joe Harris, who might be the best floor spacer in the league. So you've got three ball-dominant guys and, and a guy who moves off the ball as well as Harris does. I don't know how you stop them. Um, and if you get in a shootout with them, I know you know there's questions about Brooklyn's defense, but a shootout against anybody, and I, I think I would favor them. For the West, like I said, it's a lot harder to call. Um, I think just based on positioning right now, I'd probably go with the Jazz. The Clippers have to win two in a row to even get to the next round. Um, so I'd probably go with them. I know I just said that I'd favor L.A. slightly if those two met in the next round, but L.A.'s got to get there first. All right, Andy. Well, I apparently am the only person who likes the Suns in the West right now, but we really appreciate you coming on. I know you're in high demand today. you got places to get to, so I appreciate you coming on with us today. Andy Bailey, NBA writer for Bleacher Report. You can check him out at Twitter, at Andrew D. Bailey. So Andrew on Twitter, a little bit more formal. Thank you for having me. Thank right. you, Andy. You know, Danielle, I think the Suns are interesting. I, I mean, they've pretty much written off a week ago. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Davis gets hurt at halftime. Chris Paul certainly not going to have any quit uh, with this team. Uh, the matchup to anybody to stop Booker. You know, I, I'm not sure which teams can do that now in the mm -hmm. West. So, Suns certainly are live. I, I think it's uh, going to be interesting to see how they plays out. I mean, it's certainly – uh, as far as we talked about how the Lakers had an easier road. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Suns kind of fall in that now. Sure. Uh, beating the Lakers, get a, a Denver team that not much was expected from them. So, interesting. Yeah. And you've got a Denver team, actually, not only the Chris Paul injury, but we, of course, know Jamal Murray out for Denver. But mm -hmm. Denver's been really banged up in terms of their backcourt with Will Barton not being able to go. And and they've really had to have some guys step up that you wouldn't expect with uh, – you know, Marcus Howard plays spot minutes, but Monte Morris has stepped up. Uh, Austin Rivers certainly has stepped up. Can they keep it going now in the second round? And I'm just interested to how this series is going to play with Chris Paul with that shoulder. 
if Phoenix is maybe going to play a little slow at down ball against the Denver Nuggets here and really make them work defensively and not want to go up and down with Chris Paul, not 100%. That's right. The rest of the Suns team is going to have to shoulder a little bit more of the uh, offense. <laughs> I see what maybe. you did there. Very yeah, good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the pity laughs. All right. Coming up next, you guys know how much I love props. We'll talk MLB strikeout props right here on My Guys in the Desert. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, 
I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers' new feature, Rush Pay. Get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in-play betting options out there. As always, you get a $250 match bonus, the fastest payouts, and only one-time playthrough at BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? In Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, you can call one 800 gambler in indiana 1-800-9 with it colorado 1-800-522-4700 michigan 1-800-270-7117 virginia 1-888-532-3500 not valid in iowa we're back here on my guys in the desert danielle Vari, wes reynolds and aaron renning we're taking a look at some mlb strikeout props for tonight let's start with zach wheeler uh versus washington of course six and a half is the number slightly juiced to the over here over minus 125 and under minus 105 Wes, what do you think uh yeah or I think, Aaron, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wheeler uh over the total here i think you have to look for washington a team that hasn't hit mm-hmm. disappointed a little bit they've trended under the total uh so far this year and we see wheeler really pick it up of late i believe 36 or i'm sorry uh was it 26 strikeouts his last three starts but pitching very good a strikeout guy so over the total with wheeler i was gonna say 36 i'm in on the 30, over yeah, <laughs> yeah i would be the same way on on wheeler here 11 strikeouts per nine innings washington a uh, mm-hmm. little bit shaky at the plate as er mentioned so uh zach wheeler on the over certainly for me what about Max Scherzer versus uh, Philadelphia here? We have eight and a half is the number over minus 113, under also minus 113. Yeah, a little tricky. I mean, obviously the highest one uh, of the totals uh, on there. So I think Wheeler, to me, was the one that sticks out a little bit better on the over. Yeah, similar and even straddled there at DraftKings at minus 113. That's a stay away for me. I'm going to skip ahead here one. Zach Reinke, four and a half is the number over at minus 107, under slightly juiced at minus 121. Yeah, I'm going to lean a little bit with the over here. I know Zach Grinke, the strikeouts are obviously down. He's more of a location type pitcher, but usually when he goes six innings, it's actually about right with this average at four and a half. And the Blue Jays, look, they can put up runs and they can hit, but they're kind of strikeout prone. They're averaging about nine and maybe a third strikeouts a game. So that's about five and a half uh, points higher in terms of percentage more than the average MLB team. So... I think a little bit of value on the over here with Granky. 
What about Ryu versus the Astros tonight? That number sitting at five and a half, minus 107 on the over, minus 120, slightly juiced to the under. Yeah, Wes, you had a good read on this. Was it um, as far as how Houston's going to match up with him? Yeah, Houston very good against left-handed pitching, so I would be – a little bit gun shy. I think it's rightfully juiced to the under, but I'd be a little bit shy here, even though Ryu has been very effective so far this year. So this is going to be a stay away for me. Of all these ones up on this board for these MLB strikeout props, which one looks the most exciting to you uh, or enticing rather? Well, I mentioned with Wheeler. Uh, that was mm-hmm. the guy that certainly jumped out, pitching very well. Right Seems at the top to get uh, yeah. yeah stronger uh, every one. You know, Urias is interesting. That's really juiced up with the under six and a half. Uh, is the number. Yeah, some yeah. obviously some reasoning uh, behind that. You know, number one. Uh, maybe the biggest factor of anything, you want a pitcher to go deep into the game, and that doesn't always happen with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentioned uh, Wes mentioned Atlanta lineup maybe perking up, so that's one that uh, probably smart money on that. Yeah, and, and the same I would look to Nathan Eovaldi against the Yankees as well. That is very heavy juice to the under, and I think for pretty good reason because if you look this year, he's not given up a lot of hard contact, and he's also had very good home run luck. It's basically uh, has only given up one long ball this year. I think it's .2 per nine innings in terms of the home run ball, so that tells you he's keeping his pitches low in the zone. He's getting a lot of ground balls, so more of a ground ball pitcher and a strikeout pitcher, and that's reflected in the price. I want to make sure we sneak in a little bit more NHL for tonight's games. Uh, Canadians and Jets. Wes, do you think we're going to see another four-goal first period from these, this matchup? I do not. I actually think that we are going to see an under here. And mm-hmm. it really played that way. It just kind of uh, – Winnipeg didn't get a lot of high-danger chances. If you look in game one, I believe they were 0 for 2 in terms of high-danger chances. Montreal certainly got a lot more. They had the energy and really the adrenaline over coming back in seven games over the Leafs. So they were – one for nine, but Connor Hellebuck did let in four goals. I, I don't expect that he is going to do that. He kind of got snubbed for the Vesna trophy this year, which is for best goaltender in the National Hockey League. So Hellebuck, I think, is a much better goaltender than he showed when they shut down Edmonton. Montreal, really good defense. I think we're going to see an under tonight. You are paying a steep price, though, at about minus 135. Other game going on in the NHL tonight, the Avalanche at the Golden Knights. Home game for us here in Las Vegas, 10 p.m. Eastern. Start for that. If you guys thought that uh, we were done with props and you obviously haven't met me before, we're going to go into some NBA props for the Clippers and Mavs game tonight next. And the Belmont Stakes is Saturday evening, and the VEASAN horse racing experts are analyzing the horses, track conditions, and prior race results to find the betting edge. Our team is here to help you get ready to make your best bet on the final race of the Triple Crown. Visit VEASAN.com horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, including a $20 credit at the VEASAN store, and picks from horse racing specialists, including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plonk. That's VEASAN.com slash horses. 
horses. We only have one race in the NBA to watch tonight, the Clippers and the Mavs, a game six going on. The Mavs obviously lead the series three to two. Let's take a look at some of the props you can bet. These ones we're looking at, you can find on DraftKings. First of all, you can look at a head-to-head -head just like you could in Golf West. Who will score more points tonight? So let's start with the top here. Luka Doncic, minus 139, or Kawhi Leonard, plus 110. Aaron, what do you think? Not easy to go against Luka, but I would definitely, I, I would certainly look towards Kawhi uh, in this matchup. Again, kind of what goes up must come down. Luka, the, mm -hmm. it, you know, the injury concern that he had, it didn't bother him in his last game, but it still has to linger to a certain degree. You don't know if it's going to flare up in the game, et cetera. And Kawhi, down game last game, 20 points, 7 mm -hmm. of 19 shooting. I would expect him to bounce back here in a big way. I would agree with that, too. 7-19 uh, last time out for Kawhi. You would expect better shooting. And by the way, since PG and Kawhi have been together, this is also regular season plus playoffs. After they both play together following a loss, 27-10 and 10 ATS. That's just, uh, And I don't say to put a lot of weight into these trends, and I usually don't, but that just kind of puts it into context that usually these guys are very good in a bounce-back spot. This next one, I'm gonna. I was gonna skip ahead unless we both just want to answer Luca really quick. We have Luca versus <laughs> Paul George here, minus three thirty-five for Luca, plus two forty-five for Paul George. It's Luca, right? Yeah, I'm gonna pass on playoff P. Okay, all right. Uh, let's move on uh, to Nicholas Batum, minus one hundred six, and Dorian Finney-Smith, minus one twenty-one. Who's gonna score more points? I mean, Wes. I mean, you had it. Uh, obviously, thrust into the starting lineup now. Um, how many minutes did he play in his last game? I think it was thirty-three minutes, something yeah. like that. So obviously, he gets more run, uh, better chance to scoring. So. Uh, Wes, take it from here. You had the, the right read there, I think. Yeah, and you look uh, with uh, what is going on. Obviously, Zubach now out of the starting lineup. That plus-minus was abysmal here, and I don't <laughs> put a lot of weight into that stat necessarily, but the first two games, and I think Ty Lue really got smart and was like, I can't play this guy really heavy <laughs> minutes, and especially in the starting lineup. So Nick Batum, who was playing under 19 minutes, and then in game three, jumped to 26 minutes, started games four and five. Like ER said, he's played 70 combined minutes the last two games so I would be looking toward overs uh, maybe not just necessarily in points but I would be also looking at rebounds assists uh, he's going to be on the floor a lot when you have the rebounds and assists outside of game two where he only played 20 minutes the combined mark was about seven and three quarters 7.75 so that's where I'd be looking more with Batum but he's obviously a guy who can hit quarter freeze if they can get the ball to him because that's the one kind of bugaboo of the Clippers offenses they don't have a point guard necessarily mm -hmm. that can kind of set the table for PG and Kawhi and also for uh, uh, Nick Batum Reggie Jackson I don't think really is the pure point guard even though he is going to play starters minutes and they moved him into the lineup Patrick Beverly moved to the bench so I would be looking at Nick Batum if I was going in that matchup but I like his props in terms of rebounds and assists a lot better than points Let's move on to double-double, shall we? So will they record a double-double, yes or no? If you look at Luca's odds here, the yes, minus 125, the no, minus 104. Aaron, do you think we're going to see a lot of regression from him or a double-double a pretty safe bet? Um, you know, again, it, to me, it's tricky to bet because you know someone's not 100% healthy mm -hmm, uh, just next. to go out and bet over. Uh, obviously, uh, the public uh, generally going to be betting uh, that over so I'm not sure there would be any value with that yeah I don't think so either uh, really from this standpoint and then moving down to Porzingis obviously the Noah heavy favorite because when we talked about that with our guest Andy Bailey in the last segment 
Porzingis has really been almost a no-show in this mm-hmm. series. He has been absolutely terrible. Now, they were able to be effective when they did that zone with him and Boban, the two bigs together. But Porzingis just is, has not been the same, really, in this series. It has been Luka, and it has been Tim Hardaway Jr.'s three-point shooting. You're getting a little bit of plus money here. Two to one on the yeses for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Would you look at either of those? I mean, for me, again, goes back to Kawhi. I'm pro mm-hmm. uh, Kawhi in this matchup. Uh, the season, the series on the line, a poor game last out. Uh, 20 points, but you expect him to be all over the court. Uh, and to do that, that would certainly uh, have a good chance here. Double-double plus two, $2, I like it. Yeah, and you look last game, I mentioned he had 20 points. He was 7-19 and 19 shooting. He was 1-7 of seven from outside the three-point line, also had five turnovers. So had a bad game really across the board, and it was amazing that, that the Clippers actually had a chance to win mm-hmm. down the stretch when uh, I think Dallas went on, what, a 25-5 to five run in the third quarter, and the Clippers uh, came all the way back. They were down double digits about three minutes ago. Terrence Mann actually had that shot, and he's like, okay, what do I do with the ball? I have the ball under the <laughs> rim now. Well, we'll go. Go ahead and put it in the bucket, but maybe PG shouldn't have made that pass and just should have taken the shot himself if he is going to live up to the name of playoff P. <laughs> I'm going to up the ante here a little bit. Look at a triple-double prop for Luca. His yes, 4-1, to one, and his no, minus 625. Any yeah. chance that 4-1? to one? Uh, Yeah, it's it's tricky because obviously, again, Luca is certainly capable. It seems like he could do that in the first quarter of some of these games. But, uh, again, juiced up. Uh, am I going to lay $6 to say no? I think I would look for different bets or ways to perhaps We all uh, have different bank rolls, Aaron. It's okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you also wonder, and I did not do anything with the total here, it's 216.5, pretty much what it was on the opener. If this, because it's an elimination game, you always kind of wonder, okay, is the scoring going to bog down really late here and the possessions are going to get longer and get a lot less frequent. So that's why you worry in terms of uh, these big number type of props, even though $4 is pretty juicy. It's a pass. Yeah, you know, in the, in the first hour when we had Kenny White on, he talked about it. This has actually been a very slow-paced series. The shooting has just been uh, really good. Yeah, the shootings mm-hmm. have been great uh, for the Mavericks, uh, except uh, just the one game. So, I think that is certainly to keep in mind without, you know, obviously fewer possessions, hard to go over on uh, on all of these, certainly on a lot of them. Yeah, going to see some regression maybe in that shooting percentages mm-hmm. for both teams. If we look really quick at the points and rebounds assists here, uh, Paul George is sitting at 37.5 is the number. Kawhi Leonard, 42.5. Luka, 48.5. And Chris stops at 19.5. Uh, you mentioned that slower-paced game here, so would you look at any unders? Yeah, I mean, for, for George, I would definitely look that mm-hmm. way. Luca mm-hmm. again, kind of 50-50, uh, mm-hmm. but probably lean under the total. Kawhi, for me, uh, again, uh, I like him, so I would uh, go over on that. Przingis, I'm not sure. How about you, Wes? What would you do with him? Yeah, I'm going to leave him alone. I may try what Fade I did. the unicorn? Well. Yes. Okay. Yes, I may try what I did last time out in this series, though. Tim Hardaway over two and a half threes, but he barely went over last time, so now you're paying heavy juice at two and a half, but... Obviously, it matters because it landed on three last time out. All right, we're looking at unders. And next, we're looking ahead to Saturday. We have NHL and NBA matchups to get to right here on My Guys in the Desert.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with all of the up-to-the-second info you need. We're back here on My Guys in the Desert one last time. Danielle Alvari with Wes Reynolds and Aaron Renning. Looking ahead to Saturday's NBA playoffs, we're going to have Bucks at net 7.40 p.m. Eastern. Game one here again. Bucks plus 160 on the series. Nets minus 200. As for the game tomorrow, Nets a four-point favorite. Total sitting around 239.5 on DraftKings. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm on the Bucks side of the equation. Um, see how I feel about that, of course, uh, t- tomorrow night after the first <laughs> game is played. Uh, you know, both teams have uh, plenty of questions so far. I don't think everything was answered. Had to be extremely impressed with what the Bucks were able to do. I thought that was certainly more impressive than the Nets. Uh, Augustine, I guess, uh, Boston. Boston, to me, uh, the worst team in the NBA playoffs. You saw them make changes uh, right away with the coaching, et cetera, right after. They just weren't there, uh, undermanned as well. So I, I'm just not overwhelmed, and I think the Nets – you know, a lot of different questions. They're going to have to take a punch in this series, Wes. How are they going to respond to that? I guess you could say they did in losing that one game against Boston and bounce back. But, you know, the Bucks, what they can do as far as their rim resistance. Um, and, and it goes, again, questions on both sides here. Always with the, the Bucks, uh, the questions of the three-point defense. Uh, Miami couldn't take advantage of that. Uh, Nets obviously can, but... You expect it to be a little bit more streaky with them. The one-on-one play, uh, fascinating, but I think the value here is with the Bucks, Wes. Yeah, I'm with you here, ER, because uh, if you look, we don't have a lot of data, obviously, with the big three not playing all these games together, so you worry maybe they'll go by the way of the Clippers when all of a sudden you had George and uh, Kawhi, and they didn't really play a lot together, so you didn't necessarily know what you had. But the X factor, I think, for Brooklyn in this series is really Joe Harris. Mm -hmm. And when you have Kyrie, Harden, and Kevin Durant with Joe Harris on the floor at the same time, I believe I was looking at their numbers earlier today, they are plus 18. And then without Joe Harris, it's minus 16.2. So Harris, obviously, one of the, if not the best three-point shooters in the league. And he's kind of a nightmare to guard offensively because you got to determine how many resources you really commit to him. Are you going to chase him off screens? And you obviously got to pick your poison, but then you got to find somebody that's going to make Joe Harris play defense. So how is Brooklyn going to hide Joe Harris on the defensive end now with DiVincenzo out with that foot injury? Mm-hmm. So is he going to guard Forbes, who was such a revelation in that first series against Miami, or are they going to put him on Connaughton? You know, my concern here as far as, and you mentioned it with Joe Harris, the Nets just have so many different ways to score. Obviously, we know that uh, the big three, that's why they are a $2 favorite here. Mm-hmm. Concern for the Bucks is closing these games out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. As far as scoring the last two minutes, five minutes, Giannis, not exactly a guy we can count on, obviously, to hit any kind of jumpers. The addition to Holiday, big, big addition. I think that's going to make a, a difference. So, Kind of thinking a creative way to maybe bet this series, maybe the Bucks first quarter, first halves. Mm-hmm. Then you don't have to ask them to close these games out and win. A first quarter bet, you know that I love those. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also even first, some – Go ahead. And also I was going to say even some second quarter bets because if you look a little bit at the rotation, and I think that's an interesting point you bring up, ER, KD usually plays the whole first quarter, mm-hmm. all 12 minutes, and then he goes to the bench. And what we've seen with Buttonholzer from Milwaukee – He has been starting the first few minutes of the second quarter with Giannis and with Chris Middleton. Mm -hmm. So maybe that brings into a a point of Buck's second quarter because 
they can get out to a decent lead when Brooklyn largely is going with a little bit more of that second unit. And the fact that the Bucks are going with some starters, and I just saw a scroll across the screen, uh, Jeff Green going to miss game one for the Brooklyn Nets. So that's obviously another guy they were when they were playing small, they were kind of playing him as a big in that first series against Boston. So now even less depth for the Nets down low. And that's what worries you against Giannis because they don't have the big guy. Blake Griffin at this stage of his career is not athletic enough to hang with Giannis really. And you kind of saw that in the, in the uh, Boston series rather where they played Griffin a lot in the first half. And then they basically went with Claxton and green, a lot of these games in the second half, but to uh, uh, our guest point earlier in the hour, Andrew Bailey, where he was talking about, look, uh, Claxton, he's not a really big guy. So Giannis, if he gets down in the paint and is able to run some ISO or some post ball, he's going to be able to get to the line pretty much at will on him. Yeah, I like it, Wes. Uh, like I say, creative, w- different ways to bet the Bucks. Um, and I, again, uh, for full disclosure, I did bet the Bucks. Not a huge bet for me, mm-hmm. but I thought kind of two even teams uh, with that. But again, trying to generate ideas. And that's the nice thing about the NBA playoffs is especially even more so now we get down to single event games. A lot of different ways you can bet this as far as props, quarters, etc. So I'm looking to do a little bit more of that in this series. Yeah, and I think that that's, that's a very good point too because, Danielle, when we were talking with JBT, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm sure ER hears this too and he's on Visa <laughs> and uh, when people want NBA plays, it's like, I don't have a play today because maybe I'm pot committed or I'm involved in the series or I have props or, or right. something different that might not be wildly available. So... You know, just because there's these games every day, and I know they're kind of dwindling, it's not those 10, 12 game regular season cards. You're only Mm going to have basically two a a day. So you got to be a little bit more creative because these numbers are going to be tight. And I'll go back to Dallas and the Clippers, kind of that scenario I presented in the first hour, Mm -hmm. where if you want to go ahead and bet the Clippers tonight, maybe you bet them plus 140 on the series. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if it loses, you lose and you move on. Right. But let's say the Clippers go ahead and win. Then all of a sudden you're getting a $3 favorite basically as a 140 dog Mm -hmm. in game seven. So you can either A, stand pat on that, or or you could maybe try to middle with the point spread because Dallas was a seven and a half point underdog in game five. Obviously they won outright. So that's going to be discounted down to like seven or six mm-hmm. and a half. So you can try to middle and say, okay, Clippers win Dallas covers, or you take Dallas on the money line and just lock in plus money on both sides. So right. with series bets now, there's a lot more creativity and there's a lot more middling and hedging. If you're a more experienced better and it's just, Know your inventory. Mm-hmm. Don't necessarily feel like you're drawing debt or really committed to betting side or total or really anything at all. Well, let me ask you this because I feel like, Aaron, you probably have some good stats or history for us on how important is a game one. And I am asking because there's a parlay you can play uh, to guess the winner of game one and the winner of the series. So how important is game one? Uh, I don't have any data on hand for that one, Danielle. It's obviously it's it not it, not crucial. Right. Uh, I know the game threes Doesn't when it's one anything. one, etc. Yeah. Um, and this one, you know, it's, it's it's a heavyweight fight. A little bit more of a feel out. And again, I think the Nets as soon as maybe tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, going to have to take a, a punch. I, I'd just be really shocked if uh, you know the, uh, any team would blow out the other and run away with the series. Right. So the prop you can bet here on DraftKings under the series lines, you can bet the game series parlay. Uh, so game one and then the series winner. So the Nets. To- win game one and the series is minus 112 right that's the favorite but the bucks to win game one and the nets to take the whole series four to one bucks to win game one and win the series 
three to one, and then the Nets to win game one, but the Bucks to come back and win it is five to one. So you're getting plus money on all the options besides Nets, Nets. You know, it's it's interesting with the Nets because again, we just don't have a lot of data with them or know mm-hmm. exactly. Um, uh, how things, the adjustments, et cetera, that they would have over the course of a series. We know the Bucks have had some issues. They're uh, up against Toronto a couple years ago, uh, fell apart in that series. Uh, obviously no answer for Miami. So that is concerning mm-hmm. uh, as far as the coaching, but I don't think uh, Steve Nash is going to out-coach uh, anybody, uh, anybody in this series. No, I don't. And and actually, it's Bud that's been so maligned over the last couple of years because he was obviously slow to, I think, make those defensive adjustments. And really, that's what you saw in the bubble last year with Mm -hmm. Miami. Now, ER mentioned Miami really couldn't take advantage of it. They did not shoot well, even though they had the opportunities. I think they made all their shots last year in that series against the Bucs because the Bucs, usually sometimes they could be a little slow in terms of defensive adjustments. Sometimes they go into that drop coverage. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did last year against Miami. Miami and Duncan Robinson and Jay Crowder and Kelly Olynyk and all those guys made him pay didn't really do so much this year because the Bucks I think are trying to do a lot more switching on the defensive end. All right, let's sneak in these NHL playoff matches going on tomorrow as well in our final couple minutes here. Hurricanes at Lightning tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Game four, the Lightning lead the series 2-1. to one. They're the understandable favorite in the series here, minus 305. The Hurricanes plus 235. Yeah, and the totals have disappeared if you like the over five here. Now you're <laughs> seeing pretty much five and a half across the board. Anywhere from like 135, juicy under, to 145. Uh, Tampa Bay getting the money, about a 10-cent move in the overnight. I did like Carolina in that spot, but in terms of the length of the series, I have not bet this game yet. Small lean to the Tampa Bay Lightning just because that power play has been so good. I think coming into last night, it was like 39% in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. we, we mentioned how good Colorado's power play was against the Golden Knights, even though they only scored two power play goals and six opportunities, but when you get that many opportunities and you can't stay out of the penalty box, teams like Colorado, teams like Tampa Bay are going to make you pay. And we also have Bruins Islanders going on at 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. That's game four. The Bruins lead the series two to one. They're also the favorite on the series line, minus 590. And the Islanders are sitting at plus 380 on the series. I think the Bees have got them covered here. I'm not going to bet them in terms of this price now at 150. I've got some equity now, at least from the future standpoint. But looking at the total, seeing a little bit of trickle of money on the over. I think last night was a really good spot for an under, which is why I played it under five at plus money money but now at two to one you got to think that the islanders are going to get a little bit desperate here and maybe take some chances and the bruins very good on the counter attack Uh, Mm -hmm. this isn't a team that really scores a ton of goals even though they have a lot of offensive talent because their defense and their goaltending is so good but this is a team that can get a lot of shorthanded goals so you know you could see the islanders on a power play give up a shorty and that obviously adds to the total so small lean to the over five in this spot in our final seconds i'm going to twist your arm how many games is this nets buck series going to and who's going to win it aaron what do you think i'm going to go with the bucks and six i'm going for the upset okay bucks and six wes bucks and seven for me Okay, I'm going to go Nets in seven just to play oh, really come on, chalky. Danielle, you just know. to be contrarian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody you. Contrarian be, with the favorite. Somebody has to be on the favorite. Uh, thanks so much. I got to hang out with some of my favorites on Vison here today. Aaron Ridding, Wes Reynolds. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next Monday for My Guys in the Desert.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.